she handed the phone to my sister and my sister literally was just like lex dad died hi 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 hey hey hi hi my name is daniel and this is the death of my today i am talking to my friend alexa who i met on a super whim through instagram through a grief group one random night and i'm so glad she came because we became good friends and she has lost her dad about six years ago and we talk about you know grief and how it happened and what happened then and how she felt and how she feels now and it's um it was a really good conversation so i hope you like it bye hi it's your dad just calling to say hi just check it up and see how you're doing i hope all is well everything's pretty much the same here i'm doing okay i love you So my dad, to me, was literally the man, the myth, the legend. Like he was this social butterfly that I used to honestly like roll my eyes over because I'm like, oh my god, we're at the grocery store. He's talking to someone else that he doesn't know, and we're here, and he's talking to someone. And now I look back at those moments, and it's almost moments that I en- envied at the time because I didn't have that characteristic. And I think ever since he passed, that is me, where I could literally talk to a brick wall and have this conversation about anything because I think that somewhere in my blood, I got that from him. But he was this just teddy bear. And honestly, you were doing this earlier too when you were talking about your dad, but like I tend to like close my eyes when I'm thinking about him. And I think a fear of mine after losing him is I'm going to forget what his, um, like his smile looked like and what he sounds like and his sense of humor and if I'll forget the way that he hugged or the way he gave advice. Like looking back, it's like I'm not at that point where I forget and I hope that I never forget and I think the more that is a fear of mine, the the less that I am. I will, if that makes sense, because I'll continue to to think on it. But literally just the most contagious person ever. He talked all about living the dream, and that was his motto. And I have really revolved my entire life around that now, where his dream was just like the priorities that he had for his girls, which was me, my sister, and my mom, and the love and support that he gave not just us as family, but literally complete strangers, the support and love he gave was unlike anything. I have a tattoo on my foot that says, chase your dreams, not your kettle. And my dad used to drink Kettle on the rocks and you can never chase it. And he used to put it like in water bottles without any inclination of what was inside. So you drink this thing thinking it was water and it was always Kettle One. But for me, like him drinking that and just kind of how he talked about it and like this almost stoic personality he got when he had it in his hand was just consistency and that not everything in life is worth chasing no matter how hard it is going down. He was just always that person who was there and he would never belittle you for doing anything. It was just, he always was like, she'll figure it out on her own. And 
he really did like parent like that. He was amazing in that sense where he never gave unsolicited advice. Um, but he was just there for you. Like you just had to be honest with him. And I think that has showed in my relationships with people. It's like, I just want that honesty and this like parallel love and support. I think a lot of times like we can't expect out of people like what we would give them but with him it was always just like this parallel like I just remember like little memories when he coached my softball team and we were jumping on the bed and at the time he had a palm pilot and I was sitting on the bed and fell right into the cooler that was no longer ice it was just straight up water and it sat in there for about an hour but I like I didn't get in trouble because he was like she was having so much fun with her friends jumping on this bed being a 12 year old at the time and that's what he cared about was like the smiles and people living that way who are you well my name is alexa alexa yes not the amazon i'm much better i've been here longer i'm way cooler but that's just my name i'm a lot of things who died whoa i mean that was good that i i never used that word so every time you use it, I feel like I'm getting sucker punched, if I'm being completely honest. Um, my dad. How did he die? Killing me with that word. Um, he had a heart attack, unexpectedly. What happened? Um, my dad was 49 years old and literally in three seconds went from being fine to no longer being here at all. Um, at the time, so I'm from Ohio, and at the time I was living in Las Vegas, um, so I didn't necessarily see my family all that much, but I luckily saw my dad a week before this had happened, um, in Florida, but basically the night that it had happened, I was at work, and you know, like that eerie feeling when you know something's up, but you don't know what's up, Mm -hmm. so my mom had called me twice, and I called her back on my way to work. She didn't answer. I go into work, and my manager was like, hey, we want to send the other girl home. Like, go on a break. And we kind of stopped getting breaks literally months ago, so it was kind of weird that yeah. this was happening. And when I picked up my phone to go on my break, I had another missed call from my mom and then a missed call from my sister-in-law. And I'm not going to lie with that eerie feeling. I thought that there was something wrong with my sister. And so... Call my mom again, doesn't answer, and I'm in line at Starbucks in the Mandalay Bay, because that's where I worked, getting myself a hot chocolate, and my mom called me back, and I'm, like, ordering and talking to her. I can tell that she's upset, and she was like, hey, like, acting like nothing was wrong. Like, what are you doing? Are you at work? I thought you had to work tonight, and I was just like, what is going on? Like, Mm -hmm. I can tell you've been crying. Like, you're not okay. And she just kind of kept playing this game with me in a sense because she couldn't say it, which I don't blame her. And so finally I was like, mom, like what is going on? If you can't say it, give the phone to dad. And when I said give the phone to dad, she handed the phone to my sister and my sister literally was just like, Lex, dad died. And in that moment, I literally, the entire world just stopped. Like I everything was slow motion and I felt like hot and like I was going to be sick and I also felt like it was a joke like a really evil joke like that's like why would you ever play that joke on someone and I remember 
like looking at the woman like I was like literally looking through her at Starbucks and just walked away like I, I felt like a ghost like I felt like I was the one that just died honestly yeah. and my sister was kind of like started crying and she's like I don't know what we're gonna do and I remember just being like I gotta go and hung up the phone like that was it and I hadn't cried yet because I couldn't like my tears just would not come I didn't say it out loud because I couldn't like I felt like if I said it I was the one that killed him yeah. and I couldn't move because I felt like my legs were just like this jello. And I honestly felt like the world was kind of like lava, as silly as that sounds. But when I finally like walked back to work, my manager was out front and I was like, I gotta go. I just grabbed all my stuff and I'm like, was super flustered. I'm like, I'm leaving, I have to, I have to go. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, did some guy hit on you or grab your ass or something? And I was like, no, I just found out my dad died. And that was the first time I said it out loud. It's the first time like, everything really hit me and the first time I just like lost it and at that time I was dating my first boyfriend and my mom had called him and told him first so that um he would come pick me up so that I wouldn't be driving and like I said at that time I was living in Vegas and so it was all these like conversations back and forth of how I was getting home and packing and my best friend at the time in college she had come over and I remember I was like packing all my stuff and I just lost it, literally lost it. And I was like, screw this. Like, I don't know what to freaking pack for my dad's funeral. Like, I don't want to bring anything. And I, right. I, I had a freaking fit. And so she was like, well, leave whatever you have. And I'm going to go to my house and pack the rest and I'll bring it back over. And that was like such a like simple task, but it was like kind of the first time someone, well, it literally had just happened, but the first time someone took control to not ask, what do you need to just freaking do something yeah. that was so helpful yeah. at the time. Like, and I'm here if you need. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I need so much. I, right. don't need, I can't narrow anything down. Right. And so her packing for me was literally amazing. And then um, E.T., who I call dad number two, he came over and um, we went to the store and got some Kettle One and poured out a shot for him and for all of us. And my boyfriend at the time was there. And I remember texting my two best friends from home super nonchalantly in a group text. And I was just like, hey, guys, I'm coming home tomorrow. I don't want you to think that I'm, like, mad at you guys, but I'm coming home and I'm not, not here to hang out. Like, my dad just died. And they were like, I don't know why I would ever think that my best friends right. wouldn't understand or try and come home for the services. Mm -hmm. And... I had texted E.T. also on the way home and was like, my dad died. And for him, it was like, address, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah. And so those like people that night were just very core people for me. And like I said, the first people that just freaking did something without asking questions, right. which was amazing. And so I flew out the next day, went home. And I remember talking to my sister and it was just like, am I going to see dad before the wake or am I just going to show up and that's going to be the first time I see him mm -hmm. and for, that was the first time like he was at the hospital but they're obviously not going to keep him sitting in a bed for days until I get home so that yeah. was really hard because for two or three days I was home knowing what was going to happen also making it feel like such a dream and then I also had to see him in front of everyone else which was very intimidating and well, it was an open casket yeah but walking into the funeral home with all these people kind of watching, like, how is she going to react? What's going to happen? 
was just like all eyes on you ugh, pressures on as if they weren't already right. it was terrible but um when we flew in my ex-boyfriend's parents picked us up and i remember it was like snowing and we didn't pull into the driveway because every like friends and family were over at the house and i got in like late at night and they just like parked the car in front of the driveway and i remember like the car didn't even stop and I, like opened the door and just like ran mm-hmm. in the door and my sister was right at the door when I opened it, and then my mom came. And I just remember the three of us just holding each other, yeah. bawling. And Is then um, family and friends were like in the living room. And then when I went to say hi to everyone else, like everyone was just crying. And it was just this obviously super sad thing. Totally. But something my dad always said, he'd be like, strap on a pair. And I was like, I need to lighten the mood in some sense because this is already so heavy. And I was right. like, if dad were here, he'd say strap on a pair. So everyone needs to do it. And like, <laughs> let's move on with the yeah. night. And it was just like one little relief for a second where you felt like you could breathe. And then, of course, that fades real quick when you yeah. realize the reality of the situation. So your dad was 49 when he mm-hmm. passed. Your mom was 45. So how old were you and your sister? I was 21. So my sister was 25. And then your 27 27 now yeah so So we just had our six year anniversary that's so wild yes you like blink and it's six years literally how were your friends in ohio how are your friends in vegas like how did everyone kind of respond and act honestly friends amazing family not so much but like i said those best friends from home yes like they both came home for college for that weekend and I was on dance team in college and all of them were there in spirit. But I have to admit, when I went back to Vegas, I was terrified to walk into that room of all these girls who were super supportive and loving. But just I felt like I had a tattoo on my head that said my dad just died. Right. And I felt like everyone looked at me different and like that sucked because at a time where you only want to feel normal right you just can't and yeah. you don't and people don't really make it easier to either right and so that was weird but again everyone was super supportive um however i don't really talk to anyone in my dad's family anymore um Whoa. there's a couple but the most hurtful things that have ever been said to me have been from my dad's siblings and that sucks yeah. like the people that literally like have the same last name as me have been so cruel especially to my mother my i mean it started with my mom and they were literally just cruel cruel to her for years it's just like silly stupid things right and when your parent passes you start parenting your other parent sure. and it's a very weird thing for everyone it's uncomfortable but so like seeing people be mean to my mom it's what it's just i don't even and grown adults like how are grown adults being so mean and manipulative and then same thing to my sister my sister would show up to a family party and they'd be like oh what are you doing here (laughs) my sister's like um i don't know i'm family Family? yeah you go back to vegas Mm -hmm. you want to have this normal life you get there you see all your people they treat you a little differently how do you feel do you feel like you are different and if so, how? For instance, like I know that once my dad died, like kind of everything changed, right? Your perspective, just the way you act, the way you talk, everything just kind of changes. Like, did you notice that as well? Yeah. I felt like I was the only one going through this sure. at that age and that time in my life. And 
I was mad at the world. I'm like, this, how is this happening? I'm 21 years old. Like, my dad is supposed to be there at my wedding and when I have kids and when I graduate from college. And it's just, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, though, the biggest thing that I learned and that I noticed that shifted was just my empathy before I just felt bad for people and yeah. sympathy. And I didn't really understand, like, what anyone was going through because right. at that time, like, I was very lucky and I don't even like the word lucky, but I was growing up where things kind of coasted. And when my dad passed, that was the biggest shift is just, and sometimes it it hurts how empathetic I am because I literally feel on such an extreme level for people or try to, but that was a challenge. I think it's still a constant challenge. Like people will reach out saying someone passed and I'm like, it takes you right back. It sucks. Oh, every time. I just saw um, there was a couple guys or a couple people on Facebook who, like one girl, um, r- I talked to her, like I found out her dad died and then a kid I grew up with, his dad died. And then I can't think of who their person is, but I know that their dad, it was just so crazy. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, was this always happening? And our eyes yeah. were just not open to it. And then we just didn't know what to do. But now that like our eyes are open, it's like we see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, given us a like our calling right it's like living the dream that's it right and like mm-hmm. i as well just want to somehow help people with grief and somehow just keep talking about it and um my new thing that i keep saying is like i definitely don't have all the answers to grief but i think i found a huge one and that is people and yeah. community and i feel like the only the way that we're going to be able to get through this day by day is just in community with each other helping each other what are your thoughts about death and life and after death and i grew up catholic i went to catholic school for a couple years i made all my sacraments and i have to say after my dad passed i was like this is a hunk of shit with no disrespect to anyone that doesn't feel that way but i really questioned everything and it's not something i have fallen back to um i'm extremely spiritual i believe in energy and i a hundred percent believe everything happens for a reason even if we never know what that reason is but i think that was a real challenge for me and it was it was at least someone to be angry at because my dad passed from a heart attack like no one murdered him he wasn't sick it was a very like unexpected thing and so the easiest person to blame was god or just like something bigger than us right so for me when I like think about where my dad is now, yeah. I just I say he's living in the gap. Like it's somewhere between heaven and earth and it's just I don't know why. We always like look up at the sky when we think about people who have passed, yeah. but I'm like, we should be looking right next to us. At right. least I, I hope that that's the case and there's yeah. times where I literally feel him sitting right next to me. So to me, it's just this this gap space. It's wherever you are. Where do you think you are now? an interesting question because the way i look at grief is it never ends obviously and Mm -hmm. i I look at the situation as time doesn't heal i don't i don't agree with that statement either i freaking hate it to be honest like i am never going to be healed from my dad's passing however i think that it becomes more manageable sure like when people bring up their dad i maybe won't burst out into tears or 
maybe I will. I honestly don't know. At my best friend's wedding, during the father-daughter dance, I literally bawled my eyes out the entire time. Yeah. And my other best friend, both of them are getting married this year, so that should be interesting. Perfect. But (laughs) I'm like, yay, can't wait for that. (laughs) Um, But so, like, I look at it, like, when my dad passed, people are like, here are the five stages of grief. And I was like, sweet, I'm disciplined, like, committed. Five weeks, maybe five months. Like, we're going to check these boxes, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be healed because that time heals me, Mm -hmm. right? And I wrote it in my book, but I talk about like it's the five stages of bullshit. Sure. <laughs> because to mm-hmm. me, a stage is something that like starts and ends and you move past it where I don't think that that's the case at all. I think my ego literally this year was that I was like fine and I I wrote this book and I'm helping people and right. like that's the way I was coping with it and I talk about it all the time and I call bullshit on myself to be honest. Yeah. Um, like you and I, how we met, that was the first time I had ever gone to a grief group. It took yeah. me literally five years and one week until right. the six-year anniversary to strap on a pair and go talk about this thing with sure. people who understand. Yeah. And so I think I'm at this this stage-ish process part, I don't know, season of grief that I'm trying to face it a little bit more. Cool. Like I said, I love talking about my dad, but forever sitting across from me right now, I'm like, still sweating like i keep saying but so it's just this interesting space and i think a lot of times because it's been six years i do think about that fear of losing out and and missing yeah yeah, forgetting missing on these memories whatever um and i i think about death all the time yeah lately it's like i have very morbid thoughts i feel like and i think because so many people are like, well, if this happens, it won't happen. And I, the reality of the situation, and I know it, is that it could happen. Yeah, anyone. Anytime. Literally. Freaking sucks. Walking across the street. Yeah. I literally right now. live in a van, like driving anywhere. Like this, mm. it can happen so many times. And I would notice myself <laughs> like driving to things I don't necessarily want to. And I'm like, if I die right now, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not how I want to go. Exactly. Yeah. Or just like little things. And for a long time, I thought that that was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Or I talked to, to in grief about um, this unhealthy relationship I have with the number 49 mm-hmm. and how, because that's when my dad passed, I essentially put that timeline on my life where I'm like, I don't want to get married because my husband's going to die at 49 or I can't have kids because their dad's going to die at 49 right. or if I don't get this done by this age, it, well, I only have till I'm 49. Right. And that was something that was really bothering me and I couldn't say it out loud until I went to group and that was the first time I felt like I wasn't crazy for thinking that way because everyone's like roughly in the same boat Mm -hmm. that's what's so crazy is like working at a coffee shop and talking I just love to talk to people so I was talking to people and I realized like um you know people are hurting and they're sad and it was a couple days before Christmas was the first one and I was just like screw it I'm just gonna do it and just invite people and and hope someone comes and i just thought you know i feel i have been told that like the best ideas are the ones that um like shit like people think are already happening or like should already exist right i to me this makes sense like having these grief groups that and it's like it's not something where you're paying money for to come and sit and like get a workbook and it's not that at all but it's literally just a group of people um in community who all roughly are at least there that night in in Encinitas and meet at a coffee shop after hours and just talk. There's no agenda. There's no, um, you know, 
boxes to tick which i usually love but like it's just we're there and then organically conversations happen and and i hope that um you know it can reach far beyond i could ever even imagine like just same thing with this podcast it's i just want one person to listen to this and it helps them somehow with their grief right like just creating avenues because i feel like i was not that nothing existed when i when this will happen to my dad, but I just didn't know what to do. Like I kept getting handed books, which is awesome and beautiful. I love books, but like I, I just want other things, right? Yeah. Someone sent me a website and it was just like, you can go to someone's house, but it's just, that's not me, right? Like I don't feel comfortable doing that. But so I'm trying to create this comfortableness at a coffee shop or like, I know some other people were talking about someone else that teaches this course and it costs money, blah, blah. Great. Love it. That's just not what I'm trying to create. And yeah. I just want to create something where people can come and um, just be them, you know, and like you can't, it was like so random, like someone, like I posted something on Instagram and then a fr- mutual friend of ours sent it to you and you were just coincidentally in town and timing lined up. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was, I wasn't, I was going and then something came up and yeah. then I canceled 10 minutes before and I'm not kidding. I literally ran there and I then it. I remember I passed the coffee shop and I didn't know anyone so i was like uh, i don't know because the chairs were already up I know, yeah and i walked down that dark alley at night i was like oh god I, and i'm stressed i'm yeah. sweating because i just yeah. ran and clearly i just sweat i've talked to that i don't know how many times awesome alexa but i think kind of the amazing thing about that was it wasn't calculated mm-hmm. like everything about that group is not calculated where right. Like you talked about getting books and we talk about getting the five stages of grief and mm-hmm. here's a course and pay for this. And we see in the movies that a grief group typically is everyone sitting in a circle seeing Kumbaya and being right. like, all right, how are you feeling? Tell right. me your story. Who died? Like it's just very calculated. Right. And that is intimidating. Yeah. Where you literally say, like, you just come. Don't say anything. Right. That's fine. Observe it. Just be there. And I think even sitting with your grief in a room full of people who are grieving, like yeah. that would be helpful for someone if they don't even open their mouth. They don't even say their name. Yeah. And I think that was what was so special and like finally made me like pop that ego. And I left there calling our mutual friend and being like, thank you. Like yeah. just thank you so much for that. Yeah. That's awesome. The first day I went to the coffee shop after group and I literally heard about five people come up to you talking about grief yeah and it's like how do you feel kind of i don't want to say like being the token child of this but in a sense like right now yeah that's maybe what it feels like and distinguishing like that heaviness i don't know i'm a hot mess right now uh but i like something that really stuck out to me this is even before my dad died but there's a rapper named logic and he has a song called 1-800 it's a suicide Mm -hmm. hotline number and he went on tour and sang it and i watched him do this interview and then so basically he's on tour and he's up there rapping the song or rapping a song he's just like i can't like i'm done and like breaks down he stops the rest of the story because he was saying that like look like i emotionally like hello hi sorry i emotionally can no longer sing this song about death because i'm surrounding myself talking about suicide night in night out and i'm not getting the help i need right um and i feel like that just really stuck with me and it's um like i know like now that i know that i know going into this that i am surrounding myself with it 
And I think some days will be better than others, but I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and just kind of take it as is. And um, one thing I did realize was that a lot more people have reached out to me and talked to me about stuff and asked me questions, which on one hand is awesome and wonderful. And I'm so grateful that people feel comfortable sharing this, but I really do need to create some sort of boundaries in my head because I just like love people. And I just like, I'm like, give me all of your emotion. Um, and I feel like that I just need to create some sort of mental boundary where it's like, okay, we do not cross. I do not cross this, right? Like you can share. So it's just kind of like doing that, but we'll see. Yeah. Cause I feel like sometimes it could be very therapeutic Yeah, for you in the sense of other people talking about it, but then there's going to be days where totally. it freaking sucks. Yeah. Like I don't want to hear about this cause it's just making me think about this and yeah. Well, I look forward to watching you thrive. What do you think are some ways that people, family in your case, like what could they have done better? And so if like someone's listening and they're like, what can I do to be a better friend or a family member to the person that just lost someone? I think the first thing is when you hear that someone passed, died, hate that word. But when you hear that someone died, you instantly apologize. Always. I'm so sorry. Why? Doesn't make any sense. What'd you do? Yeah. Did you kill him? (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't think you were there. Yeah. And it frustrated the heck out of me. And I've realized now people tell me someone has passed. Our initial reaction is we want to apologize. And I have learned to not. Yeah, me too. I stopped. I don't say I'm sorry. Me either. And that's uncomfortable. Totally. It's so. Because you're like ready for it, right? You're like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, they probably think I'm an asshole. Am I allowed to swear on this? Sure. They probably think that I'm an asshole for not apologizing, yeah. but I'm like, I literally didn't do anything yeah, and you no. did not to me. So that A for me is yeah. one thing is to stop apologizing totally. and just be honest. Yeah. The most honest response I ever got telling someone that my dad had passed was, fuck, that sucks. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, yeah. thank You're you. Right. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I was like, it's freaking, it's terrible. Like, yeah. Thank you so much for actually being so honest with that like it was so simple and so in that moment I realized that and then I think it's really big for people to know when the food stops coming and just when everyone else forgets coming like we don't forget right like just because you forgot doesn't mean we did and I think sometimes that is like if you are a person that like you want to be there for your friend genuinely totally put a reminder in your calendar. Like my grief does not mean like you have to feel it. It doesn't mean you are living it every single day, but to acknowledge the fact that I am. Right. And I think that is so big. And it's not going to go away. Never. Yeah. And so if you do have to put a reminder in your phone that this is the anniversary or this was this person's birthday or just, hey, I want to check in on them, then do that. Because to me, that is what what hurts. And people said that they were going to be there. And it's like, I don't necessarily get butthurt over it, but I'm like, you said... Right. this and like you're not here yeah, you're not so. listening and i think that was the big thing is like to notice people mm-hmm. like there there was a couple of people where i'm like how do you not see how sad i am like we are right. so close we are literally sitting in, right in front of each other right. and you're not seeing me right or you're not hearing like how important silence is and the fact that i'm being silent because something is wrong sure so i think like awareness not apologizing and bring food when there's no food great Love it. How do you celebrate anniversaries? On my dad's birthday and on his anniversary, 
I always go to a baseball field. So we grew up on baseball. It's a super, super, a super, stupor. a stupor, a super nostalgic thing for me. Yeah. And so that started on anniversary number one. And I always bring a bottle of kettle and I pour some on home plate. I take a shot and I hit an imaginary dinger and run the bases. Love and it. then just kind of sit in that. And for me, like I can sit at home plate literally picturing my dad in these like short biker coaching shorts and this tan around is where sunglasses were and just like being at third base cheering us on if you could tell someone listening who just lost someone what'd you say i would say that freaking sucks and i'm going to be here at this time if you need that like i think giving people that directness of something or literally just showing up But I think that is like an action I would make. But the thing I would say to them is just it doesn't get easier with time. It gets more manageable. And you will smile again and you will laugh again. And like you will continue living. But like sit in this suck for a second. Yeah. And you will be like a better person because of it. And it's going to suck again and again and again. Right. But. Yeah. You're going to keep living. I love it. What do you think in the perfect world? Like, how can we as people and friends and family and community, how can, what can we do to celebrate death? I mean, I think going into it as a celebration and when you're in like that moment where you're with all those people, rather than like using them as people to cry on, like use them as this bridge to tell stories and to laugh and to smile and to know that those people are there but in that moment embrace the energy of all these people who knew that person um i know for us we um when i wrote my book and when i had my book release party it was like three years later every single person who went to the wake and the funeral like they came And that for me was so cool because it was like finally the celebration for my dad. But how cool would it be if that was just the initial like funeral? And it's hard. Like I I don't know how that necessarily would go because we live in a society where it's it's not supposed to be like that in a sense where we're supposed to wear black and cry and cry here because it's your only time to cry. Yeah. But it's like, no, laugh here because there's so many people to like continue that belly laugh. For sure. And then do the things that that person loved. Like we, my dad's baseball players, which this was a surprise to me, that when we walked out of the church, like they made a thing with baseball bats that we walked under. Mm. It was one of the most emotional experiences, honestly. Awesome. But it was such a cool like celebration of yeah. what he loved yeah. and like the people that he loved and yeah. this community that we had. And so things like that, I think, would be so special rather than, like, don't have to, like, throw black roses. Not that that's right. a thing, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No, no, for sure. So, like, having um, the people around you just help celebrate it, mm-hmm. whatever that person liked to do. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. You didn't cry, and that's okay. I didn't cry. I almost did in the beginning. But we're here. You probably got a shaky voice. That's okay. That's great. That was cool, huh? Yeah, she's very good at speaking. She is. She 
killed it. Yeah. It was awesome. And I feel like there's just so much to take away and so much to learn. What do you think? Yeah, I think she's very, is the word articulate? Yep. And she's very good at storytelling. And yeah. I think like, even with your story, there's some similarities, which is kind of cool because sure. obviously it was both your dads that died and then just how it's like the very suddenness of it yeah. and just that kind of feeling. I remember feeling that as well. So even like me where it wasn't my dad that passed, just that like super sad feeling and that like jello legs of it happening yeah. and just everything all that. stops like the whole yeah. world literally just stopped yeah how was it like having the conversation with her like how are you feeling it i mean i feel i don't know how i feel fine it's sad it's but you it's just like lately i've just only been thinking about how grateful i am that it did happen in a really sad way because it's making these connections and it's building these relationships and now that like i'm able to talk about it but she's going to feel more confident talking about it and we're going to start growing and being able to talk about it and hopefully these really sad things could be turned for better but like how are you feeling during the conversation sad i feel like what moments that she like said like what like hit you hard the hardest part was probably when she was, I mean, talking about how the word dead or died hit her right in the gut. So that affects you as well. So I, it did. It, you know, it, it hurts. And like I said, like some days are better than others. Mm-hmm. And I think during that day, I was having a rough day already yeah. just for other stuff. And so I, um, I don't know, maybe I was just in my head more, just making sure that this is all good. But yeah. looking back on it and listening back to it, I mean, I just, something that she said that just, I got to keep remembering. It's like, it time doesn't heal it. It just makes it more manageable. And yeah. And that's something I'm walking through currently is like now I'm getting to a point where it's not the suddenness, but it's like the I'm in it longer. Do you know what I mean? Like you're those first few weeks, those first few months, you're really just like in it and you mm-hmm. have the the brain fog or the uh, yeah. grief fog. And um, I just feel, I don't know, I'm so broken by it. I don't know, one one foot in front of the other. One day at a time. One day at a time. But what's crazy is like, you know, when it happens, those first few days or those first, excuse me, those first few hours, these few days, the first few minutes, seconds, it's like you're barely hanging on. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember just time being so slow and me feeling so sick and you're just so out of it. Yeah. What a terrible time that was. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's almost been a year. I know. Like what? It's really crazy. I blinked. Yeah. I don't know how it goes by so fast. But like you're so sad. So it feels so slow. But then it's like, what? Yeah. What's happening? I know. And I'm sure she, you know, she feels the same way. It's been six years. Yeah, that's a long time. And, you know, to relive those moments and still be there. It's like. Yeah. um, Something else that really impacted me that I'm pretty sure is in there. 
<laughs> is that um, she feels like she can lose his the sound of his voice or like yeah. what he smelled like or what he felt like and and you know I I remember being in the hospital room with my dad and he's got all the tubes to him and I'm you know I see his hand and the nurse is telling me like you know he'll twitch but he's not there that's yeah. just his body dying basically and I just remember like looking at him and touching his head and and holding his hand and just trying so hard to remember like take a, a mental screenshot of that yeah and just to cherish that forever but honestly it's so sad and Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you can like for me when you're describing that moment like I can yeah. vividly see that right. day yeah. so well but do you feel like it's hard like remembering stuff past that like different memories does of that make sense yeah or during that time no like just of him or is yeah. it like that's the one that's so vivid no no I Lately, I haven't really been thinking about it, but the other, I didn't even tell you this yet, but the other day at work on Friday, I was just sitting down for a second. I looked at the photo of my dad and I started crying at work. I was working by myself. What picture was it? It's the one when I was a kid and like we're in Mexico. It was like hanging up at the shop. Yeah. Um, and I, I just broke down because it's just so sad and like life keeps going by and then you like kind of are able to slow down and just look and it's just like yeah the thought that he'll never be here again or this i mean it's all consuming right like Mm -hmm. the the thought of his death and like i i guess right now i'm trying not to picture it lately like you know have these memories because it's just so sad and i i feel like i'm not giving myself enough time to sit in it because I keep trying to keep going and this is the same vicious cycle I feel like I've been going through this whole time but it's just really sad yeah but I think now that you're doing this podcast and we're having this section I think it's a good like break for you to just like focus on yourself because you are always about like other people and like I think this is great because it will bring comfort to a lot of people but like this little section just to like check in with yourself and like be real and like talk about things yeah so it's gonna, probably good for you as well so we could just both sit here and cry yeah yeah <laughs> it's good okay well thanks for doing this are you the outro music yeah okay it's been real thank you love you love you love you bye Bye. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Hi. <laughs> how are you? I hit the thing on accident. <laughs> One more time. Hey. Hey. How are you? Hold on.